Welcome to Unscripted Startups. I'm your host, Cameron Stack, here in the beautiful Silicon Slopes, Utah. This podcast is the place to be to receive actionable insight and advice for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Today, we have the pleasure of having Oceans Morgan on the show. She has started three different businesses she started out as a, a YouTuber creating gaming content and was able to bring in upwards of 5 million views and thousands of subscribers. And then she went on to start Geistware Apparel for her college. And now she is providing consulting how you can get more leads with Facebook. So I thought she would be the perfect person to bring on for all the young entrepreneurs who are looking to get a side hustle or a business started while in college, but they don't know where exactly to start. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Cameron, for having me. I really appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about what interests you about business and why did you get started? Like, What was the pivotal moment for you? I was probably about six or eight years old when my dad got me my first laptop. And because I had a lot of time on my hands as an only child, I was just going to school, coming back, playing video games and just going on my laptop. I found out that you could make money online and you can open a PayPal account, even though you had to be 18 to open one, you could open one as like a six or eight years old and start making money online. So what I would do is I would sign up for these affiliate marketing websites, I learned how to make my own website, kind of drive traffic through that. And I would click on advertisements, get a portion of the revenues back to me. And then I would write articles as like an eight years old person and even get revenue from that. So that was my first exposure to the online business world. And it was free and I can do it in the comfort of my own home. That's absolutely awesome. And I love how you got involved at such an early age. Yeah, it was very interesting for sure. Just having like a little kid go ahead and be on all these internet websites. And you never knew when you stumbled upon these articles. Yeah, for sure. So what got you interested in YouTubing and how how were you able to generate revenue through that? I remember this quite vividly. I was in in the sixth grade and my classmates were talking about this new video game called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Up until that point, I had been playing like The Legend of Zelda and so many other games on the Nintendo 64, the GameCube and so on. And I had to get my hands on this Modern Warfare 2. So after school that day, my dad came and picked me up. We went to GameStop and I got Modern Warfare 2 and I just started playing it, binging it. And ever since then, I would go on YouTube to watch gaming tutorials to try to amp up my gameplay. So from that point, I had an idea. Why not start my own channel and just post what I've been doing? I was getting really good at the game and I wanted to show others how they could also level up their gameplay. So at that point in the sixth grade, I made a channel And then fast forward a few years to my freshman year in high school, I finally had enough leverage to partner with Machinima, which was the number one entertainment network on YouTube at the time. So (laughs) I established an LLC under my dad's name because I wasn't old enough to sign a contract. And by that point, I was playing like Call of Duty Zombies, GTA 5 as like a 14-year-old kid when you usually need to be 18 years old to play the game. But it was so great. I met so many people and it really formed the basis of all my online marketing and SEO techniques to this day. 
And that, that's the thing about entrepreneurship is even if you have a setback or a failure, as long as you're able to learn from those mistakes, you can use them on your next venture. And it's not like, oh, that one opportunity. I, I'm never going to have another good opportunity in my life. You know, it was a one and done thing. That's not true. As long as you're able to learn from it and you're able to apply this and help yourself grow faster, I, I think it's, it's a win. Yeah, I completely agree. So what made you want to start Geistware and what was the thinking behind the name? So when I first entered USC as a freshman in 2017, everyone just goes to the bookstore. I went to the bookstore with my mom and you look at the prices and they're kind of insane. A t-shirt could cost up to 40 or $50 and all it is is like a red or white shirt with the USC logo on it. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll settle for it. But you know, throughout experiencing my first game day season, the only type of apparel that was available, at least run by students, was overtly feminine. And I'm a bit of a tomboy, as you can tell from playing video games from such a young age, but it's not really something that fit me, nor did it really fit my co-founder who has more of a curvy body shape. So in order to solve this problem of, you know, discomfort and exclusivity, we wanted to make our designs unisex and in touch with our modern trends. So our best-selling shirt right now is a shirt that has holes in it. And the reason for this is because Kanye West with his Yeezus apparel line has really made streetwear such a prominent thing in our communities right now. So when we were creating our company, the first name we chose was Game Geist Apparel, which is quite long. And what we did was we pulled a Childish Gambino, which is going on a name generator website and kind of circling through names until we got something. And this was back in July 2018 when we first started the company. I was in Switzerland getting ready for my software engineering internship with the World Economic Forum. And my co-founder, Clara, was in Wisconsin. So it was quite interesting. We had to do everything over FaceTime. But eventually we rebranded to just Geistware. So Geist is a German name for spirit. So this literally translates into spirit wear, which I think is a pretty good summation of what we do. Yeah, that sounds like a great name and really expresses and embodies your brand. I would say our first year, it was kind of slow because we did have other student brand competitors and we didn't really know what we were doing. But by, I would say, fall 2019, so this past game day season, it's really where it started to gain traction because... We learned more about e-commerce and how to market and really getting this into the hands of consumers and leveraging that word of mouth marketing. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the biggest takeaways you have learned while building your apparel business? Yeah, I've actually been going through Y Combinator's How to Start a Startup class when they did it back in Stanford in 2014 and binging a lot of books. But there's no better way to learn about business and talking to customers and how to scale all aspects of what you're doing than doing it firsthand. So with Geistware, I've learned supply chain management. I've learned more about financials because I come from a very technical background. At USC, I'm studying computer science and business, but all we do is technical projects. We're not speaking to stakeholders. We're just you know kind of doing our own thing on our laptop. So having access to all of this as a co-founder and the current CEO has really been valuable in just leveraging all of these skills, kind of being a jack of all trades and kind of going from there. I know that Y Combinator has launched their startup school program. It's been going on for like two years or three years now. And it's basically like an online version of 
Y Combinator and you can go through the course. And then if you make significant progress, you can apply to Y Combinator and they're more likely to accept you if you've been through their startup school program. Oh, that's so awesome. You know, there's actually another USC brand that just went through Y Combinator. Their name is Hype and Vice. I had one of their products a few years ago. They're completely killing it right now. I've seen that brand grow from maybe 5K followers to like over 100K that they have right now. They're also woman-led and it's so commendable with like the resources they had and just going through that program when it's so cutthroat is awesome. So I noticed that you launched an ebook about how to bring things from physical to digital. Tell me a little bit about well, why you why you wrote that book and what are some of the lessons? Yeah, exactly. So in December or January, I launched my own digital agency. So essentially, we build sales funnels for professional clients like real estate agents, chiropractors, and dentists, and then bring that page traffic with Facebook ads. And as we, as we all know, COVID-19 has kind of disrupted all of those professions in one way or another. So back in March, I wanted to create this ebook based on the findings of Facebook groups and how everyone else was handling their digital agencies and what they were doing. And I kind of compiled together a list about how these businesses who can't even operate a physical storefront, especially in Los Angeles, things are still closed. The salon I usually go to is, has been closed for about two and a half months. So, you know, not being able to get that revenue is so tough on these, you know, brick and mortar locations and people who are just trying to get by with their businesses. So what I did was I launched this ebook and it teaches people how they can transform their physical storefront into a digital storefront in one day without prior experience, any sort of fancy equipment or any prior, you know, advanced social media tactics. And out of that, there was this one individual, this lady who had a friend that was running a spa and she DM'd me and I saw one of her Facebook posts is that she was able to create an online storefront for her friend and then drive a lot of revenue in the form of gift cards because people wanted to support the business and redeem those gift cards in the future when everything opened up. And it was honestly astonishing. I wasn't really thinking much of it at the time. I just wanted to put it out and whoever needed this help could take a look at it. But, you know, I think I think COVID will really transform how people do businesses, especially in the online business space. So we'll see. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I know a lot of people have been encouraging the buy gift cards and use them later as a way of keeping a lot of the food and service-based providers flush and being able to sustain themselves. What are some of your tips when building a landing page or a sales funnel? Exactly. So you can think of a sales funnel as a road with clear signage, and there's only one direction you can go, which is just straight. You can think of a regular website as a highway with multiple lanes, multiple signs, and it gets super confusing. So with a sales funnel, your number one goal should only be either leading a consumer to a purchase or getting them onto your email list or whatever option you want them to take, like redeem a discount code, $20 off. So you want to be as clear as possible. And depending on what you want to do, you want to paint the picture of the problem and kind of provide a case study of the problem and what happened and the results of that, your solution, and then your testimonials. So 
you remove a lot of the noise that's in traditional websites and you kind of lead people just into this one little place. And if you don't get a sale immediately at the time, you can get someone's email address so you can follow up with them with email marketing and, you know, always be omnipresent, always be on the top of their minds. That is an excellent way of describing it. I feel like there are a lot of websites out there that are either poorly designed or the flow is messed up. So you're like, what should I click on? Like, especially like when you're searching for something and you like click all the tabs and you can't find it and then you find it like it's totally buried beneath something. But like a lot of people, if they can't find something immediately, they're just going to bounce back off that page. Yeah, exactly. Especially right now when you have platforms like TikTok where people watch videos in five or six second increments, people have shorter attention spans today than they did many years ago. And I definitely think that's because of the internet and our mobile devices. So you really, really, really want to lock in on that attention. Most definitely. What would be some of the lessons you've learned or some of the things you would advise against doing consult or doing your consulting with the different companies and startups that you worked with? I think the number one thing is work on your customer service, your soft skills. You can have all that technical knowledge, but it means nothing. If you cannot do sales, you cannot talk to people in a respectful manner. Our power lies in the power of our relationships. This is something that's not quite as prominently discussed in, in business schools, but someone that you may know could unlock the potential to be your next client, your next job offer, your next business idea, so on and so forth. Really hone in on those soft skills. Be nice to everyone. Take your ego out. Try to listen to people actively and just be yourself. Be authentically you. I love that. Yeah, you you really do need to step back and say, yes, I spent a lot of time with this product, but I also can't like be so attached to it that I'm not allowed to receive any feedback. Yes, some people are just negative and some people are just mean. A lot of people are trying to give you feedback. They may not say it in the nicest way, but you can always learn something from anyone. Take it with a grain of salt, but also like think about, am I really doing this? Am I really trying to serve the customer the best or am I just doing what's best for me? So I think you brought up an excellent point there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, making money is great with your business. You know, you should still be focused on getting profit and revenue in. But business is also a very human-centered game. It's about reciprocity, being kind to others, and seeing how you both can benefit. So what has been one of the most impactful things you've learned or someone said to you while on your entrepreneurship journey that you would like to share? Ooh, that is a very tough one. I've been binging so many lectures, so many different books. So, huh, let me think for a second. Man, you know what? Actually, I had the chance to hear Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Spanx, live back in October. She was speaking at USC and she's a billionaire. She grew her company, which focuses on female undergarments, without any outsider funding. And now she's a billionaire. So I think her journey is very representative of my journey right now, trying to grow this apparel company without taking any outside investment and just doing our own bootstrap funds. So one of my biggest takeaways from her talk is that money does not make you a different person. It only accentuates who you truly are. 
So if you get money and all you think about is being, you know, very egotistical, spending it all on fancy cars, that's kind of who you are as a person. It doesn't show really any other attributes. So that's very, you know, something to keep in mind. And another thing is to always visualize what success looks like to you. Back when she was running Spanx in the early stages, she was invited to be on the Oprah show. And ever since she kind of created this concept of the company, she knew that she was going to be on the Oprah show. It's kind of funny because Oprah was like, okay, so let's go to your headquarters. Let's see what it's like. They go there and it's kind of like Sarah Blakely's <laughs> apartment <laughs> filled with boxes, which is kind of where I am now too. I kind of sleep with some of my clothes boxes right next to me. So there's a lot of similarities. And I think that talk was very inspiring. Incredible. And it's a coincidence because I've actually just finished watching her masterclass and she brought up a lot of those good points and how she set it as a milestone to get on that show. And and I remember watching her come on the Shark Tank. And I, I just think she's an awesome entrepreneur in general uh, because she was able to grow her company to a billion dollars in the apparel business, which is like cutthroat. So I just think it's pretty incredible. Exactly. And she's such a great model to look up to, especially as a female, just her grit in the face of rejection, being able to deal with cold calls. And, you know, so many times she tried to put this concept to life, you know, ignoring what other people thought of her and being the success that she is today is so admirable, you know? Yeah, she definitely brings up a lot of good points. And like, for all entrepreneurs, you gotta keep just pushing forward, no matter if you face rejection or not like she was talking about how she used to sell fax machines before um Spanx and while she was starting Spanx and how she figured out people didn't really want to buy something that was a no-name brand and cheaper but if it was more higher priced people were wondering why is this machine better than Canon and that's what she did with Spanx she was like no one's gonna really know why they matter if they're the same price and they're packaged to the same. But if they're more, people are going to wonder what, what makes this product better. So I think that's important for all entrepreneurs to realize is you got to keep testing things out and seeing what works. And not everyone should have a premium product, but it's good to test them out and see what works, what speaks to your customer. And I, I've been thinking about this question a lot and I thought might as well ask it is, if you had to start from scratch, what would be the first things you would implement in starting a new business? Ooh, that's a very, very good question. You know, you can kind of think of it through the lens of right now with COVID. Like if I was a brick and mortar coffee shop owner and suddenly not a lot of customers are coming in, how could I, you know, increase my sales? The first thing I would do is I would go on Google and type in how to start an online business. I feel like Shopify would pop up at one point or another. So I'd go in Shopify and right now they're offering a free three month trial, three months. So 90 days, that's quite a lot for a platform. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's quite a lot. So I kind of going from Shopify, I would then probably tap into my social media networks. There's a money side of Twitter actually, where a lot of people focus in on online businesses and how they've been growing to that, six and seven, seven figure companies without- them you know, having any anything to do with like physical contacting customers and things like that. So I'd probably also tap into that, leverage that network, get my digital storefront going, put my products on there, 
then maybe enlisting in the help of email marketers, people who can do paid ads, kind of grow it from there and then eventually grow that organically. Those are some excellent steps. What I would do, uh, depending on what the business model was, but if it's a physical item, I think it's so important to get on social media as soon as you can and get the community involved. So get people who want to test out your product for free and then have them take photos, have them share it on social media, especially if it is something like apparel or a game or accessory that a lot of people use. I feel like if you can test it out, figure out where your market is and target a few influencers and even people with micro communities, but have people who are really committed towards that topic can really help spread your message. So getting on social media is free and it's a good step to get started. Do you have any final thoughts you would like to share with aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are trying to start a side hustle, but maybe don't know where to exactly go? Yeah, exactly. There's so many resources online, but I know it's super hard to get started. So if you're listening to this podcast now, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Ocean Ronquillo Morgan. Feel free to DM me and we can get the resource together to get you started, you know, kind of see what your idea is, what, you know, verticals you're trying to get into and we can go from there. Thanks for coming on the show and I hope you guys. Thanks, Cameron, for having me. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button and start downloading each and every episode. I hope you guys have an incredible week and don't forget to live life 1% better each and every day. Until next time, this has been a Unscripted Startups production. Don't forget to check us out online at unscriptedstartups.com or on your favorite social media platform at Unscripted Startups.